0: The Video Insiders is the show that makes sense of all that is happening in the world of online video, as seen through the eyes of a second-generation Kodak nerd and a marketing guy who knows what
1: iframes and macro blocks are. And here are your hosts, Mark Donegan and Dror Gill. Well, welcome back to The Video Insiders, Dror. It's always great to be uh, hosting this show with you. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, Mark. uh, It's absolutely fabulous to have you as my co-host. And how are you doing?
1: You know, we're having great fun with this. Um, Can you believe that we're almost up to 30 episodes?
2: Wow, 30 episodes. And I think uh, very uh, shortly, we're going to celebrate uh, one year. The establishment of this uh, podcast. Yeah, right.
1: You know, it's incredible because I can remember when we were talking about doing this, and, you know, we had uh, grand plans like, hey, we'll do a weekly show. (laughs) And then it's like, well, that's probably a little too ambitious. So maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do a bi weekly show, you know, every two weeks. And then it's like, well, you know, maybe we could shoot for every three or four weeks. <laughs>
2: yeah, but if, if it's 30 and, episodes in a year, it's, it's uh, you know, bi-weekly.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, around usually major trade shows, um, you know, where we kind of lose, you know, three or four weeks, sometimes five weeks. So, you know, if you kind of take all that out, we're almost at a weekly show. So Yeah,
2: and now maybe. we have a bunch of them uh, to record in the next few days.
1: Oh, we do. We do, we on. do.
2: And, uh, and actually, we were just uh, back from uh, DeMar which was an uh, excellent event.
1: DeMux was an incredible conference. And for our listeners who were at DeMux, then you know exactly uh, what we are referring to. Uh, Beamer was a, a sponsor. We're very proud to be, to be sponsoring that event. Um, it's really amazing uh, what is developed out of what was a meetup. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now I few think
2: people and now how much how many yeah, 700
1: 750 I think was wow. the final count. In fact, I think only the the, the fire marshal basically <laughs> shut down. <laughs> just, I mean, you know, they probably could have <laughs> fit another 100 150 people in there who wanted to yeah. attend, but just, you know, literally literally, you know, for safety reasons they, could, they And all really high
2: quality talks, very technical, very focused, uh, no marketing pitches, you know, all about video technology, the delivery, compression, uh, quality evaluation, a lot of interesting stuff. And uh, in the next few weeks, we're going uh, to bring you some of the best highlights of Demux right here on the podcast,
1: right, Mark? Absolutely, yeah. We have uh, two of the speakers confirmed, and uh, and I know we have at least another Oh, I think three or four that, you know, we're just trying to find times to, uh, you know, to record with. So, you yeah, know, we have an awesome
2: season coming up.
1: Well, Jor, we have another awesome interview and let's just jump right in. Uh, today, we are talking to Johan Dunkwart with IP Only. And we have an amazing discussion about what is happening with CDN in the Nordics. So welcome, Johan. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to join your podcast. Well, it's great to have you. Why don't you uh, start and tell us a little bit of history? Um, you know, g- Give us a preview of, of who you are and um, uh, tell us about IP Only.
0: Sure. Uh, my name is Johan Dankwart. I'm uh, heading the uh, CDN team within IP Only. IP Only is a... Uh, traditional uh, operator uh, in in the nordics uh, operating in, in uh, sweden norway finland and denmark uh, i've been in this business since uh, 2012 uh, and entered the business when when uh, uh, some of the international players uh, entered the nordics um, the the cdm part of ip only uh, comes from uh, uh, a company that was acquired by IP only uh, and started the business in 1999. So we have been uh, uh, part of this uh, business for quite some time when it comes to streaming and and have passed through all the different streaming protocols uh, with uh, real networks and QuickTime and Windows Media and RTMP streaming and and, uh, uh, nowadays uh, HTTP streaming. Uh, so it's been quite a journey. Um, been uh, helping uh, broadcasters in the Nordic and, and OTT services to to dis- distribute their content to the, the Nordic audience.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. We were talking uh, before we started recording about how the Nordics have um, has really been a a, a bit of a, uh, a test bed. Is probably a, a too much of a simple way to <laughs> to put it. But um, you know how even uh, Uh, major u.s um, direct-to-consumer streaming services have you know started in the nordics in terms of international expansion um and so the nordics has been a a pretty key international market
0: um uh, for sure yes i agree and and uh it's been uh uh like uh, traditionally, all uh, the public broadcasters have al- always have a really strong position. They still do, uh, but then uh, uh, back in two thousand twelve, uh, Netflix and, and HBO entered the Nordic market. Uh, probably because of uh, quite easy with a uh, good infrastructure, uh, but it uh, was quite quite a race uh, back then in two thousand twelve, and. and uh, you know, streaming volumes really took off uh, that year.
2: And actually, I think um, um, Nordics was uh, the second region they entered in Europe. They, they started with the uh, UK and Ireland, and then, uh, and then the Nordics. So it was kind of uh, one of the first territories in, in Europe um, after Netflix expanded uh, from the US to Canada and, and Latin America. Uh, what do you think is the reason that... Uh, uh, you, this region was uh, selected uh, so early for um for launching these type of services.
0: I would guess that it is because of, of uh, uh, that we have really good infrastructure in the nordics uh, we have we have a history of of uh, uh, good uh, infrastructure companies and and, and the telco tradition with uh, like Ericsson and Nokia. So I would guess that that's one of the reasons because that then you would have the opportunity to reach uh, a big, big audience uh, uh, without any, any, you know, issues when it comes to networks.
2: Right. You want you want to have good bandwidth, and we'll discuss that in a minute. Uh, but wh- when one of those um, players enters in the market, you know, it's it's a content place. Suddenly, you have uh, new content uh, available. Um, those, uh, original content by Netflix and HBO, as well as all of the licensed content, it's suddenly available for, you know, relatively cheap price compared to, uh, like MSOs or telcos who sell you, you know, a large bundle of channels and, uh, and, and VOD content. Uh, so I assume this, um, um you know this the the, the fact that uh, these players are entering the market is causing some has has caused some changes uh at that period in in uh 2012 what were you noticing at, at ip only uh when they were entering uh, the market in terms of demand
0: i mean uh first you know 2012 it really took off when it comes to to people adopting to these uh, uh uh, you know OTT uh, services uh, and it you know the the, uh, the, gr- the the growing numbers it was quite steep we already had you know local services like uh, via play and some others but but my feeling was they really took off but that also set uh, demand on the the uh, uh, the public broadcasters to really produce uh, good content as well. They did before, but now it's even if they want to keep their viewers, they need to, to produce high-quality content as well and not only buy it from, from the uh, different studios. And, and we really saw that that uh, some broadcasters really put, put an effort in, in trying to keep their audience. Uh, like in NRK, they... they um, it was after 2012, but they started a series called uh, scam that was targeted for, for a younger audience, but that was to, to try to, to uh, uh, get them to use the, the uh, NRK Play services instead of them using uh, the Netflix or the HBO or or YouTube. And that was really successful when they, they put that effort.
2: And when you talk about public broadcasters, what infrastructure were they using? Was that over the air or cable or
0: satellite? Uh, no, that's their own uh, play services or, or, or uh, uh, cable or satellite or, or, or over there. So uh, uh, different, but uh, trying to keep them to, to their own play services as well.
1: So they built streaming uh, platforms, or they already had? Uh, Most of
0: them already had the streaming platforms. So they was, I don't know on an international perspective if it's early, but uh, like the the, uh, Swedish uh, public broadcast, they launched their play service in 2003. Wow. Okay, that's early. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) All of them already had their services, but they had to try to keep uh, their viewers. Uh, and that's set a uh, higher uh, requirement on the, the uh, content that they produce themselves. Yeah, that's interesting. So what i
1: what I hear you saying is is that is that the technology platforms were in place, more that they needed to kind of invest in the content to compete with Netflix or or was there also in you know some upgrades or changes on the technology side?
0: I mean, uh, probably on the technology side as well, because, you know, suddenly uh, you had to be on on, uh, multiple platforms in another fashion than than before Netflix entered. Suddenly it was uh, important to be on the smart TVs and uh, all the different uh, mobile phones. And they were before, but uh, when, when, you know, Netflix sets the agenda and and then you need to adopt. So so it was on the, the technical side as well. Uh, they did produce really good content before uh 2012 but you know with this high quality services uh entering the nordics it's set an even higher uh, requirement on on all the services to 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 uh, produce even better content
1: well so you're a cdn and um Tell us, uh, you know, about the Nordics. Um, I, I think, you know, some of our, our listeners would be very interested to know, um, you know, how things are the same uh, to the rest of the world and maybe how they're different.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's uh, the Nordics uh, when it comes to, uh, for us, it's like uh, competition. Uh, it's probably the same as some of the other parts of the world. Uh, maybe a few uh, uh it's less uh actors here if you should spell it like that but uh we have the global cdn providers the akamize the the century link uh, fastly you have uh, amazon CloudFront front uh, as a uh, local cdn and there's a few others as well uh so it's um but the, the, I guess the difference is you have probably the same problem in other parts of the world as well. But uh, even though we're like 25, 27 million, something like that in the Nordics, uh, some parts are, you know, the distance between each household could be huge, uh, which is, is uh, uh, it's a problem and it sets uh, uh, tough requirements on the, the operators in, in the Nordics.
1: And so does the Swedish government um, give any sort of, um, uh, you know, I'll say like reprieve, since you do have such a large geographical area to cover, if someone happens to be very remote?
0: Yeah, they you know, the, the, uh, when it comes to Swedish, Sweden, the Swedish government has set uh, broadband targets uh, that, that is quite, uh, I would say, quite aggressive. That ninety-five percent of all households next year should have at least a hundred megabit connection. Wow, ninety-five yeah. percent. Yes, and th- so that's also you know there's been a race uh, building all this infrastructure with with all the major operates uh, operates here in in, in uh, Sweden. Uh, so it's uh, uh, been a tight race, but then uh, by twenty point five. 98% of all households uh, should have at least uh, 1 gigabit uh, of broadband uh, bandwidth.
2: Wow, that's even uh, much more amazing. <laughs> 98% at 1 gigabit, wow.
0: That's that's a lot. And one, 1.9% should have 100 megabit, and 0.1% should have at least 30 megabit uh, bandwidth. So basically, they say that all should have the possibility to stream high quality content. And is this all wired
2: or maybe the 30 megabits for the 0.1% can be through some backup mechanism through 5G, for example?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's uh, probably impossible to do uh, through wire uh, in, in, you know, all areas because of uh, our geographical region, it could be a lot of, you know, mountains. Uh, so it will be um, using different systems for sure.
2: It's it's really uh, you know amazing level of of, uh, of connectivity uh, for such a uh, uh, you know small region in terms of population, but large in area and uh, very diverse in um, in geography. And and I believe that for exactly the same reason, um, the cellular technology was uh was pioneered in the Nordic region if i remember correctly um deployments there uh more ahead of uh, the rest of the world you know just because um the wired infrastructure was lagging behind uh due to all those uh, constraints um and uh and, and i believe th- this was the reason why in in the late 90s there was uh like um the, the you could say the king of of mobile connectivity was Nokia. They were yeah. ruling the device market, and uh, and and they're from Finland. And maybe uh, Ericsson was uh, the queen, and they're from Sweden. Yeah. Uh, and Ericsson had both uh, mobile handsets and uh, uh, base station infrastructure. Uh, Nokia, of course, also had uh, had both of them, but were much more were um, uh, a brand that were was more well known uh, because of their leading position in enhance uh, so uh, uh do you see any parallel between the um, cellular uh, development in the late 90s uh, to the hyper broadband speeds um, that that we have today
0: that for sure is is part of why we see this uh High-speed connections uh, to all houses today. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure about that. And also, you know, as we had this strong, you know, cellular phone uh, tradition, you know, um, I guess we, the Nordics were uh, quite early adopters when it comes to how many people had cellular, cellular phones. Uh, quite, I would guess, quite early.
1: So, 5G must be really on the roadmap, on the agenda in the Nordics.
2: And also some, um, uh, you know, based on infrastructure. When you have large companies, typically you also have uh, startups that are founded by people who work in those large companies and get a uh, lot of uh, technology background and experience. So uh, you do also have some uh, very interesting uh, startups. Some of them uh, huge, coming from the area.
0: Yeah, it's fun because in Sweden it's not that you know like 10 million people and then there's still there's a few quite big uh, well known brands uh, that is, is uh, known in the whole world like uh, uh, Spotify and uh, Skype and we have uh, the Norwegian companies like Tandberg we have uh, elsewhere from, from Sweden as well and that inside. And-
2: right and also peer-to-peer technologies I think uh, both for music and for video and, and also for calls, I think the, the the origin of the name Skype is from Skype peer-to-peer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, we have another company like Hive Streaming uh, offering. Uh, I think that became part of, of uh, Skype for Business. Uh, so it's been a <laughs> peer-to-peer tradition, but uh, it's quite fun because then peer-to-peer from a CDN perspective hasn't <laughs> really... Uh, uh, yeah, we haven't adopted that because, because of this high-quality uh, infrastructure. We haven't seen the need. Uh, you might see the need within uh, organization or companies just to, to uh, ease the load on, on, on the network, but uh, peer-to-peer technologies, uh, I guess it's more more common to use it on in other areas of the world where you don't have the, the this uh, infrastructure
1: yeah that's a good insight so johan what what technologies are you tracking and are you most excited about uh at the moment
0: uh you know the, the you know the hot topics that have been going on going on for years see what happens with the low latency streaming uh i would guess that uh, this year it's been quite calm but it's you know Hasn't been in a, in a big uh, sport event this year, but next year you have the European football championships and you have the Olympics. So I would I would guess that it will take off again and be, be important for, for all the broadcasters. And what is your approach to low latency? We've done like tweaked HLS, uh, having short segments. We've done that for years to, to try to, to get the latency down for... for uh, like betting companies, but uh, yeah, let's see what happens now with with uh, 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 CMAF and, and the HLS. Because it, it, there's really no service that I know of that have adopted to those technologies yet in the Nordics. I know that that there are services in the US, I guess, that has come f- come further with the, the uh, testing of it, but. Uh, but it's still it still hasn't really happened here in the Nordics, but I I would guess it will happen next year.
2: Yeah, so th- that's um, um, you know definitely a trend that we're also seeing a lot of demand for uh, low latency streaming, um, and this uh, you know accompanies the uh, the growth of uh, live uh, video streaming um, on the internet, um, and everybody moving to uh, to over the top, and they want to have. Uh, at least the same experience as, as broadcast, uh, if not better. Yeah. And, and, and maybe in, in the future we'll be able to uh, uh, to do better. Um, and so we're also seeing a lot of this uh, yeah. uh, demand. Uh, and another interesting uh, uh, thing that you mentioned before regarding peer-to-peer, um, we've interviewed uh, Hadar Weiss from uh, Peer 5 in a previous uh, episode. Yeah. And... And his company uh, started from this uh, technology of uh, of peer-to-peer. And it seems that they have, uh, during the years, I mean, they still have that technology, but they have pivoted in another direction of providing a multi-CDN uh, solution. So uh, you can uh, deliver your content um, without worrying about which CDN you are using. You can use um, multiple number of CDNs, even a large number, and and they have this kind of um, management layer that, that uh, takes care of everything um, underneath. And for you, it's kind of a seamless uh, CDN. Um, do you also see a demand for this type of uh, technology?
0: Absolutely. And it's been, uh, just looking back in history, uh, around 2010, 2012, I would guess, uh, basically all... Uh, Broadcasters went with uh, Akamai using uh, uh, the Akamai uh, CDN and and, uh, Level 3 as well, to some extent. Uh, And then in 2015, some some, uh, uh, broadcasters already did some multi-CDN switching, but in 2015, amongst the public broadcasters, uh, NRK took a decision, NRK is the Norwegian public broadcaster, they took a decision to go with the, uh, for a multi-CDN setup. And that really, uh, then we, we as IP only, we found the sweet spot in the market because if you are uh, going for a multi-CDN, and uh, you have two global CDNs. Why not choose a local CDN provider that you can have a really tight relationship with uh, and, and a really close dialogue? Uh, so th- we found our sweet spot there. And, and, and uh, thanks to uh, Bjarne, André, Miklibus, the head of distribution at NRK that put the trust in us back in 2015, um, that started off our successful CDN business. Uh, that we're really happy about because the rumor spread that uh, it's uh, it's working out really good using a local CDN provider as well, well uh, besides the, the global CDNs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we see, and here in the Nordics, at least up until now, uh, is Sedexis uh, has been the main multi-CDN switch uh, provider.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: for some reason, I don't know why, but it's been a very really nice product, and it's it's been uh, working out uh, quite well.
2: So basically, most operators in, in the Nordics are already using multi CDN uh, technologies.
0: Yes, for I, I guess for, for redundancy reasons, because when you have the, the uh, like uh, uh, skiing or or football that's really popular in the Nordics, then you for sure you want to have uh, uh, the redundancy. And also balance the, the load uh, from that uh, from your reviewers. Uh, but all, all of them are, are basically using uh, multi cdn setups.
1: So, what is the main uh, performance characteristic, or you know, even feature or features that you're competing on?
0: We provide everything that uh, our customer needs. Uh, But then we can be really, really good at uh, supporting our customers and having a really tight dialogue. And and, uh, uh, we have uh, the service desk and uh, the network operations center. We have everything here in Stockholm. uh, And uh, all of our customers, they have the direct phone number to me as the head of the CDN and I can bring the uh, uh, architects from the development team to the customer meeting so they they can get the, the uh, uh, really deep technical discussions uh, very easy with us and, and uh, that's the that's uh, where we can make a difference uh, I think compared to, to the, our competition.
1: Now in terms of um, your video, customers, which um, I, I don't know if you can share, you know, how much your business is video versus, um, you know, maybe more e-commerce or, you know, even voice over IP. Um, are you able to share the split of that traffic or even ballparks?
0: Uh, the uh, w- uh, We do uh, like uh, web acceleration as well. Yeah. But uh, the main focus for us has been, you uh, uh, video and audio streaming yes got it uh, and uh, it's been a, a, a the, uh, the uh, it's been a video and audio centric cdn the, uh, and that's been uh, the big focus but we do web acceleration as well and are really happy about that product as well
1: so for your for your video um, customers are are they taking care of the encoding and then you are distributing or are you you know, providing some of those encoding services as well, or transcoding services.
0: Uh, we we uh, we develop the uh, CDN uh, in our uh, development team, but we do uh, develop the origin services as well. But everything that we develop is uh, is modular, so our customers can choose uh, whatever they they uh, want to use. So for some customers, we do you know the full blown. Ingest of live and on-demand, uh, live and on-demand encoding. It might be DRM, uh, and we do the CDN distribution. Uh, but for some customers, we only do uh, the CDN part. So it's a it's a mix. It's a but.
1: And, and and I assume that most of them are bringing their own players. Or are you even getting involved all the way to that? Uh, you know, to that end, literally end to end. We. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, we used to do players uh, when we were, um, uh, before we were acquired by uh, IP only, but uh, since uh, one and a half years ago, uh, we are not focusing on on front-end development and and players. We try to be good at building CDN services and and the audience services, because uh, entering the player market as well is quite complex. And, and. it takes a lot of effort. And and uh, we do. we're we a fairly small team, so we, we try to, to keep it to uh, CDN and Origin Services.
2: Yeah, and uh, I have a, um, an interesting question for you. When you build a CDN, I guess one of the challenges is that you need to build for the peak traffic and, and not uh, only support the average traffic. And uh, this kind of peak can be created in... Um, in a in a in a big event like when you're streaming video like for the World Cup or for the finals of that World Cup when you know a lot of people are going to watch it and in particular watch it um, uh, over IP, um, but uh, and 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 usually the the traffic peaks are created in these kinds of huge uh, uh, sports events. Uh, but but uh, last week I was surprised to read that uh, the um, um, traffic um, record for Akamai was broken, not because yeah, of a right. video event, but because of a game release. So they reported that with Fortnite Chapter 2 update, uh, they reached for the first time, they topped the 100 uh, terabit uh, per second um, uh, capacity uh, and reached 106 terabits per second. And this was due to a, to a, to a game update so uh it's something you're you're also seeing when a new version of iOS comes out or something like that, or do you see that the largest peaks happen really in in sports events and in video?
0: Yeah, for us as a, a video, uh, no audio centric CDN, uh it's been you know it, then it's events, it's like, but uh, I know that uh, updates like that it uh, pulls a lot of traffic, uh, but as we're not providing such service, we we don't see that. But for us, it's. It's sporting events, Uh, it might be um, uh, another typical scenario when something awful happens in in the world, terror Mm -hmm. attacks and and, and uh, stuff like that. that And everybody
2: starts watching the news.
0: Yeah, exactly. Breaking
2: news, yeah.
0: Yeah, or Or, like it could be on-demand content as well when you release a a very popular uh, episode or something. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And then everybody
2: starts binging on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: but typically it's uh, it's a sporting event that that attracts the most viewers, and, and uh, of course, as a CDN provider, that's a, a um, uh, it's difficult because build, building a CDN capacity uh, for peaks peaks that's expensive. So you need to find a way to to uh, make it less expensive, and uh, for us as a an operator that have full control of uh, our infrastructure, uh, we can do it. Uh, we can produce cost-efficient solutions because we have great relationships with other ISPs, uh, which makes it fairly easy for us to get uh, good peering agreements with other operators. Mm-hmm. So, so that's also as we are experts on the Nordic network. It's it's uh, uh, I wouldn't say easy, but it's uh, easy for us to to uh, produce. Uh, cost-efficient
1: solutions well we've got hbo max right around the corner right so uh (laughs) that that's gonna be some traffic coming your way potentially i mean i don't know actually i i don't know if they're initially uh, launching in the nordics or what the timing is and maybe maybe you you probably can't comment if if you
0: know but uh i I actually don't know but then you have the uh uh, disney plus and you have. uh, Apple, yeah, yes, yeah, and that's like uh, yeah. Friday, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah and Disney.
0: And that would put I mean, that's
1: yeah uh, i i mean i was just gonna say you know D- disney plus uh it was a little bit exciting although i was disappointed i couldn't access it but um during ibc you know they did a very quiet launch uh uh in, in the netherlands uh
0: so uh, yeah but i saw some numbers on, on how many people are using that uh, beta version already and it was huge numbers
1: yeah, I think uh, you know. I think at the end of the day, the consumer uh, wins big time in all with all this competition. Uh, you know, there's just it, the bar is going to be raised, like you say on on the quality of content um, that services need to produce. Obviously, um, the actual service quality, whether that's you know literally video quality or just you know reliability of streaming, reduced buffering, just just all the elements that go into it. Um, you know, the bar is raising across the board. And, and you know, there is going to be at least a, a period of time where price competition is going to be so intense that these services are going to be quite um, affordable, you know, for most people. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be awesome now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and,
1: and even the fact
2: that you can build your own bundle and you don't need to buy like, you know, hundreds of channels from a single provider and pay hundreds of dollars for that. You can build, you know, take a Disney, take an Apple, take an HBO, whatever you like, uh, and, and stop and start those services whenever you want. And, you know, things like the zone for, for sports. Um, you, you really have a lot of uh, flexibility there. So it's obvious in the future that we're going to see more video, more content, more choices. It will be more affordable. Um, and and you know, for you as a CDN, more video flowing over the network is, is great. You can sell more capacity. Um what, what's really interesting to me as, as you look into the future, I mean, you, you talk about uh again, and this is an amazing number, I have to repeat it. 2025, 98% of the uh population is going to have one gigabit per second connectivity. And I'm wondering, what are they going to fill this pipe with? Um, Is it video? Is it virtual reality? Is it... uh, I I don't know what. (laughs) (laughs) If you have four or five devices in your house... It's four TVs (laughs) in a
1: house streaming 8K all simultaneously.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's that's still around 300 megabits. But... (laughs) (laughs) No, and then you need some overhead for fluctuations in bandwidth. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's a real—you know—one gigabit is uh, that's a lot. <laughs> and then uh, no, I think it's awesome. But let's see—you know it could be—you uh, know—these uh, gaming ser- online gaming services coming on will will require mm-hmm. a lot of bandwidth. Uh, uh, as I said, eight K, but it feels like eight K is uh, will take some time before it happens. Uh, as
2: but is 4K happening in the Nordics in 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 a yeah, meaningful in some way? way?
0: But really, you know, um, it's uh, at least what I see. It's not huge. Uh, it's not all uh, the services that have uh, 4K yet. So it takes time for uh, everyone adopts.
2: Right, 8K will take time. I mean, it's it's nice today for demos and. Cool. Uh, There will be a channel at the Olympics, but other than that, you know, people still need to get used to 4K first and getting enough content in 4K and, uh, you know, seeing the difference from HD as you get better and better TVs and they're larger, then you really need those 4K, um, um, you know, signals or, you know, uh, 8-megapixel frames. But uh, to go to um, 8K and 32-megapixels, uh, you know, uh, the, I think uh, obviously it's still more uh, a push uh, of the technology than, than a pull from, uh, uh, from consumers.
0: Yes.
1: Well, Johan, this has uh, really been a great discussion, and I appreciate you uh, coming on today and sharing with us and all of the listeners um, what's happening in the Nordics. And uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll keep us abreast of new developments. And, uh, you know, thank you again. For uh coming on the show.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun.
1: Great. Thank you very much, really.
0: Thank you for listening to the Video Insiders Podcast, a production of Beamer Limited. To begin using Beamer's Codex today, go to Beamer.com forward slash free to receive up to one hundred hours of no cost H E V C and H two six four transcoding every month.